0: Listener
1: Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling.
0: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 27th of April. There's speculation Australia could ban all flights to and from India – as that nation's COVID crisis continues to worsen. The move, which could leave thousands of Australians stranded, will be top of the agenda at today's National Security Committee meeting. It comes after revelations the COVID case that sparked WA's three-day shutdown was a man who was given government approval to travel to India for his own wedding. Here's WA Premier Mark McGowan.
1: They've been leaving here uh, to go and study. Uh, They've been going to funerals and they've been going to weddings. Now, they're not essential. You can study here, you can get married here, people here are missing funerals.
0: Authorities at the National Security Committee will also discuss sending oxygen supplies, ventilators and PPE to India's struggling hospitals, with the nation recording more than 2.2 million new infections in just the past seven days. Former New South Wales Premier and Australian High Commissioner to India, Barry O'Farrell, is in India and is told Nine the unfolding situation is devastating.
1: To give Australians some idea of how lethal this second wave is, uh, it took India 205 days last year to record its first 250,000 cases. It's taken just the last 11 days to add another 250,000 cases.
0: Meantime, Australian cricket bosses are looking to charter a flight to get our players out of India at the end of the Indian Premier League. And we'll have more details on this story coming up shortly in sport with Brett Thomas. Also, Perth's three-day snap lockdown has ended with no new locally acquired COVID cases detected in WA. Some restrictions, though, remain in place, with masks still mandatory and gatherings are limited to 20 people. We'll have more from our reporter in WA shortly. Overseas now and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has hit back at local media reports which claim he said he would rather bodies piled high in their thousands than order a third COVID-19 lockdown. Mr Johnson is alleged to have made the comment during a meeting in Downing Street last October. Mr Johnson has denied the allegations.
1: No, uh, but uh, again, I think the important thing, I think people want to, uh, us to uh, Get on and do as a government is to make sure that the the lockdowns work and uh, and uh, they have.
0: And Anthony Hopkins has given a belated Oscars speech on his Instagram account after taking out the award for Best Actor during yesterday's ceremony. History was made with the 83-year-old becoming the oldest actor ever to win an Oscar for his performance in The Father.
1: And at 83 years of age, I did not expect. To get this award i really didn't and um very grateful to the academy and thank you and i want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman who's taken from us far too early and again thank you all very much
0: while well, it was also an historic night for Chloe Zhao, she became the first Asian woman and the second female to win Best Director for her film, Nomadland, which also took out Best Picture. Now, have a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning, and we start in Queensland and Gold Coast mother of three, Kelly Wilkinson, has been remembered overnight at a special candlelit vigil. The 27-year-old was allegedly murdered by her estranged husband last week, sparking calls for more to be done to combat our nation's ongoing domestic violence crisis. Our reporter Rod McLeod is on the Gold Coast with more.
2: Thanks, Tash. There was a sea of green at the Gold Coast Titans training ground last night for the vigil. Green was Kelly's favourite colour. Among the crowd, the 27-year-old's family and friends, but also many strangers the community banding together in an outpouring of grief. Three generations of women from our family attending, it just felt like the right thing to do at a time when you can't really do much else. Domestic violence advocates addressed the crowd along with local MP Sam O'Connor, who read a statement on behalf of Kelly's
1: family. She had always said that being a mother was the best job in the world and loved nothing more than watching the kids play. Kelly was one of a kind and there are no words that can describe how much she has missed and the hole she is left within our
2: lives. There have been more applications for DVOs on the Gold Coast than anywhere else in Queensland. And today, another man is due to front Southport court after threatening his partner in a domestic violence incident on Sunday night.
0: To WA now and as we mentioned earlier residents in the Perth and Peel regions are now out of lockdown but some restrictions remain in place. Our reporter Emma Griffiths is in Perth with all the details. That's right Tash, residents in our states, Perth and Peel regions are officially out of lockdown but not without some rules in place. From now on masks are mandatory, indoor and outdoor gatherings are limited to 20 people and nightclubs, gyms and the casino will stay closed. It comes as the state records another day of no new community cases, while of the 354 close contacts identified, 222 have returned a negative test result. But it's a nervous wait for West Aussies and Chief Health Officer Dr Andy Robertson says more cases could appear in the coming days.
2: Assuming if we got no cases over the next four days, then we'd also have to look at whether we're likely to get any further cases. Um, going forward. So incubation period of this disease is up to 14 days.
0: And to Victoria, the state is a step closer to getting its own purpose-built regional COVID quarantine facility. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne with more.
1: That's right, Tash, and it is a bit of a surprise. Avalon Airport was a logical choice. The airport has an international terminal to receive incoming passengers to Australia and plenty of space on the property for a quarantine facility to house those people straight off the plane. However, it now looks like the Victorian government is going to pick another location. It's looking at a site called Cherry Creek in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Conveniently, the land there is already owned by the government and it had been earmarked for the construction of a new jail. The site is only 20 minutes drive from Avalon Airport and it will make the location a logical choice to house international arrivals as soon as possible after they land instead of driving them into central Melbourne.
0: Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And, Scott, the good news continues. Confidence, as we know, is already up with business. Unemployment has been coming down. And we may be seeing a budget surplus sooner than expected. So that means we're all getting massive tax cuts, aren't we? <laughs>
1: so, you were right <laughs> up until that very last phrase, Tasha. Good, good morning. I uh, Look, on. You know, well, it's, it could be an election year, so maybe we get tax cuts anyway. Who knows what the government and the opposition will promise us. But right now, look, the good news is, as you say, the economy is doing really, Really well, and I, I've said many times, 15 months less than that after the first diagnosis of COVID in Australia, and we're looking now at getting the budget back into surplus as little as three years. Numbers that would have been f- fanciful, crazy, pick your pick your adjective. Uh, it's a it's an amazing return to economic form for the country. It does mean, by the way, that you know things are getting better quicker than we thought, and it does take some risk out of the economy because if the government gets back into the black then they do have the firepower to help next time around. And there will be a next time, by the way. It won't be COVID. It'll be something. So the healthier the government budget position is, the earlier it gets there, uh, the better place we are next time we have to pull out the big guns and use some of that ammo to keep the economy afloat.
0: It is good news, though. Scott, Westpac is to spend another $220 million on customer refunds and legal expenses. But this is interesting. The big bank made almost $300 million profit on an investment in a Bitcoin exchange.
1: It's a heck of a juxtaposition, isn't it? Look, you know, we are more than two years after the end of the Royal Commission, and Westpac is still finding problems that it's going to have to make good with its customers. And I've got to say, the Royal Commission, by the way, was announced in 2017. And yet, you know, as I said, almost four years on, we're still, or they're still finding problems with what they've done with the customers. Remains to be seen whether the other banks have the same issues. But it just goes to show how badly run these things were in different areas. But as you say, the, the maybe the more surprising story is the money it made on Coinbase, now the Bitcoin exchange listed on the U.S. Nasdaq exchange about a week or so ago. Uh, Westpac has a little venture capital firm, little 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 kind of fund it it, it seeded, and they they made five hundred million dollars pre-tax. They're going to walk away with the best part of $300 million on that. Uh, It's not a a bad result for a a speculative investment in in Bitcoin when you're a a traditional kind of, you know, sandstone bank. Uh, They've done pretty well on that score, I think.
0: So should I answer those Bitcoin emails then? No. Don't.
1: Do not. (laughs) Don't don't touch them, please.
0: (laughs) Okay. The big news overseas at the moment, there's a lot of coverage about this, the shortage of semiconductors. Now, I know it doesn't have anything to do with an orchestra, Scott, but this (laughs) has major implications for all of us, doesn't it?
1: It does. So, the, I sort of basically computer chips to, to really, really make it simple because I'm a simple man, uh, Look, <laughs> the, the reality is there's simply a shortage of these or a looming shortage of these. So, we're used to being able to kind of buy our you know, IT equipment literally on tap, right? It just turns up. Our own company actually has put a hold on computer upgrades because of this shortage. Um, so, it really is going to start impacting right around the world. Everything from everything we have a chip in, which is almost everything these days, TVs and phones and computers, right through the big machinery and equipment that runs big infrastructure projects, the whole lot. Uh, We will see prices go up. I think that probably will push the price of computers up, unfortunately. Uh, And then we may end up seeing, if not formal rationing, at least some sense of trying to work out who gets what while they get the supply chains back up and running uh, for those important semiconductor chips.
0: Yeah, it's a massive story. Uh, Mm. Talking about big stories, this is good news for grocery bills because uh, they are increasing by the day. They may be able to get cheaper, though, as the supermarket (laughs) price war hots up.
1: As consumers, we can only hope so, Tash. We know that, of course, the both supermarkets did really, really well during the pandemic. They had double-digit sales increases, which never happens normally. But coal has been falling behind Woolies in the sales race. And there was, sure as night follows day, whenever that sort of thing starts to happen, when one or the other starts to lag behind, they pull out the big guns, they start dropping prices. Suppliers to both supermarkets have said they've got had approaches from both Woolies and Coles asking them to put, to deliver sorry, temporary or permanent price cuts as both supermarkets try and jostle for price leadership. And as you say, that's great news for the rest of us because that means that we're going to have our nappies and our Coke and our, our harness shapes all of a sudden get much cheaper and that should be good for the household grocery bills as well.
0: That shopping list says a lot about you, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <nice. laughs> I'm for Sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the NRL is warning a new suspension record will be set if dangerous contact to the head and neck continues.
2: Yes, good morning Tash. The NRL's head of football, Graeme Annesley, describes it as a disturbing trend. He is very concerned about that spike in the number of cases of players being hit high during this season, and he says that players and fans have to accept contact to the head and neck is unacceptable. Now I know this will horrify people who say oh, the game's going soft and their love taps half the time and didn't do any damage. Well, just think about how many of our great players have had to retire... Prematurely retire because of contact with the head and neck. James Tedesco, the Roosters superstar, of course, was hit high in that win over St George on Anzac Day. His teammate Victor Radley had an update on his condition. Yeah,
1: he's sweet, mate. He's sweet as he's smiling and everything today. days. So just so lucky to have someone like Joe, and He just slots in there and he's a freak, so it's all time.
2: Now, they play the Knights on Saturday. Some talk that uh, Joseph Suwali could debut if Tedesco isn't past fit, so we'll wait and see what happens there.
0: Yeah, good they're clamping down on those uh, hits to the head and neck. They're awful. Um, In the AFL now, Richmond will be without some of its senior stars for Friday night's blockbuster against the Bulldogs.
2: Yeah, it's a real shame to be honest, because uh, looking forward to this clash so much. Dustin Martin already ruled out; uh, he was concussed against the Demons, so under AFL rules, that's an automatic twelve days on the sidelines. But he wasn't the only injury to come out of that match. Kane Lambert complained of calf soreness at halftime against the Dees. He suffered further damage when he returned to the field. Tigers performance manager Peter Burge says that it's not good news. We've had his scans done, and it's it's a reasonably significant injury, so. Uh, On our scale it's a medium term injury so he's going to be missing a couple of weeks and do the right thing, make sure that we get Kane right and get him back when he's ready. Now, they are hopeful that key defender Dylan Grimes, uh, he suffered an ankle injury. They're hopeful that that's only minor, although he had scans late yesterday, so still waiting on the results of that. At Collingwood, we keep talking about the future of Nathan Buckley, and now their president believes that they can still make the finals uh, despite their worst start to a season since 2005. I don't think that's their immediate concern, though. It's more about the, the coach, Nathan Buckley, who we keep talking about, but Mark Corder, the president, believes that it's not a distraction for the playing group.
1: No, I've talked to Bucks and Graham Wright, and we genuinely don't believe it has an effect on the playing group.
2: And I don't think anyone is buying that Tush.
0: No. Brett, we had this awful story with the unfolding situation in India earlier this morning, but uh, we know that the Australian authorities may be looking at getting our cricketers out of India. But there is a good news story from India with Pat Cummins.
2: Yeah, he's actually vowed to stick around and now he's putting his money where his mouth is He's donated $50,000 to help fight the COVID outbreak As you said, it's been described now as a COVID tsunami in the past day more than 350,000 cases So that money, he wants to go towards uh, uh, hospitals so they can pay for more oxygen supplies He released a a lovely uh, long statement on his social media feed says that he feels helpless Now, as you said, it comes as uh, some of his national teammates, Adam Zampa and Andrew Ty and Kane Richardson—they have all withdrawn uh, from the IPL due to uh, the situation getting so much worse over there. Nathan Coulter-Nile, though, he's told Ten that like Pat Cummins, he has decided to stay. Here's why: I feel like honestly, this is as safe as you can be in this situation. Um, everyone that you have come in contact with, from um, you know the blokes who do our laundry to bus drivers, to our owners, whoever is around us. If we see them, they've done two weeks quarantine. They get tested three times a day. You do wonder, though, if at some point uh, Cricket Australia might step in and uh, and demand that all their players return home. But we'll wait and see. Pat Cummins wants to stick around.
0: I think they'd be ordering them straight away to get out of there, an unfolding disaster. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash the weather details around the country this Tuesday morning. Brisbane, mostly sunny, top of 25 today. Morning haze then clearing to a sunny day for Sydney, top of 23. Morning shower or two for Melbourne, just 17 today. Morning fog and frost for Canberra, top of 20. Mostly sunny and 19 for Hobart. Sunny and 22 today for Adelaide. Partly cloudy with a lovely 28 for Perth. And a shower or two on the way with a possible storm. And 33 for Darwin. And a woman who's discovered she was charged and had a warrant out for her arrest because of an overdue VHS at a local video rental shop says the criminal record has ruined her life. Karen McBridge only discovered the charge for embezzlement of a rented property when she went to change her name after getting married. The video of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was rented in 1999 and Karen believes her ex-partner was responsible. Here's Karen on the ABC in the US.
1: This was over 20 years ago. He had two kids, daughters that were 8, 10, 11 years old. And I'm thinking he went and got it and didn't take it back or something. I don't know. I have never watched that show in my entire life. Just not my cup of tea.
0: Karen claims the outstanding warrant for her arrest has affected her job prospects over the years, as her employers would have found the charge during a criminal background check. And we wish Karen all the best. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new listener app. For free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.